G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, an important conversation today because for many you'll appreciate that it's getting harder and harder to talk about Christianity in the nation of India because of a deepening crackdown on every religion other than Hinduism in India. Well, there are challenging times ahead, but our privilege today to talk to the General Secretary of the Indian Evangelical Mission from India, the Reverend Dr. Raja Singh Elias. Uh, Raja, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you so much, uh, Neil. Raja, we've spoken before, and it was a couple of years ago we were talking about India and some of the deepening issues. You've spent this past couple of years, and you've seen things starting to tighten up in India under the government, which which is moving towards a, a more nationalism approach to religion. How do you see the overall things that are happening in India right now? See, now there is a challenge as Christians we are all facing. Because one of the fact we have to accept that we are called not only to believe in Christ but also to suffer. And few of the indicators that we could see, with my observation, I could see four elements which is standing above for such a kind of challenges we face. Number one, the faith in Christ. Because we always say that in Jesus Christ only there is salvation. Because we live in a country where people believe in different other gods. So when you narrow down it's a big challenge. The second area is the Christian values because we talk about the equality, dignity, but uh, these are some of the areas which many of our friends are not very happy with that because the country is divided with a lot of class and other things. And here we talk about one in Christ. So that's second challenge we face. The third area, what we see is the encounter on the evil practices and the structure. Because when the gospel goes to any places, we could see the transformation. And in many other places, we could see how the evil practices are slowly vanished away. And some places, the people also become the victims because they may be uh, selling the alcohol or having some kind of a corruption or something. So always the gospel purifies the entire structure. Another area I could see the fourth element is the influence of the Christian presence everywhere. They always make a great impact. So these are the things we could see in these days in India. You know, I think there'll be listeners to our conversation today who would be in some ways, some perhaps disturbed, others heartened, to hear you say, all Christians are called to suffer because we're not seeing that same level of suffering here in Australia. But to hear you reflect on that with a preparation to move forward, recognizing that suffering is part of the Christian walk, uh, that's in some ways 
disturbing, but also refreshing. How do people in your organisation, in your mission, how do they feel about the intensifying suffering in India? See, in all the places uh, we go through the path of uh, suffering, as I mentioned about some of the challenges what we face. See, these are the days earlier uh, we have our own challenges to have our very existence of our presence in some of the places. Earlier we are all welcome to stay in the remote places because as a mission we have the incarnational approach where missionaries should go learn the culture and the language of the people. But now getting a house in the village itself is a big challenge for us. So the identity is always questioned. Why do you come? What is your reason for your presence here? Even if you are interested to learn the language, what is your ultimate motive behind? So these are some of the uh, questions which are all coming in the recent past. So if we were talking about how a crackdown affects the church, uh, and I imagine that, first of all, it was probably more apparent in the big cities, uh, but you're talking about in the remote areas, the country towns, the villages, uh, where it's even harder now to uh, actually uh, get a house. Uh, and that because of Christian faith, you've got authorities who are cracking down. How does it look when you've got this crackdown happening and authorities are resisting your presence in a village? Yes, not only in the village, even in the cities, it's becoming a very challenging situation because in some of the places, now the house churches are coming more where they don't have the recognition. And there also they face the same kind of uh, issue. So irrespective of our presence, whether it is in urban or village, we have that. But in the villages, it is becoming more challenging because even the people of other faiths now are motivated. They have got a lot of volunteers to stand for their faith. And uh, that's one of the uh, new awakening we could see among the people of other faiths. Interesting to hear you talk about that because when there is persecution of the church, oftentimes there's a motivating factor. People become almost, uh, they, they receive extra courage to be able to stand for their faith. Are you seeing that in the Christian church? Because as you say, there's other groups. They've got volunteers out and they're trying to do their best to build their religion. But how is that happening in the Christian church? See, strongly I believe that persecution is the mark of church growth. I strongly believe. And because of that, the churches are going through these challenges. And when you look into the Indian church in the recent past, three factors I can thank God for that. Number one, there is a kind of a unity among the churches, irrespective of whether you are ecumenical or evangelical, whether you are established churches or independent churches, because of the situation which is pulling all to come on the same platform. The second one is, we are thankful to God, there is a purification also takes place because the government brings a lot of restrictions and where the church also supposed to stand with the clarity on certain areas where they have to maintain so many expectations of the government to fulfill. The third aspect I could see there is a clarity in the faith formation because intentional discipling part have come. So there is a intentional discipleship programs are initiated in all the churches so the people can stand on their own. Raja, with the lack now of extra funds, 
that are coming into various Christian ministries because there are restrictions on outside money coming into India, as I understand it. What's that doing to the Christian church? Because in some sense, there would have been many missions reliant on money coming in from outside and uh, to help support the uh, the infrastructure and the administration of churches. What's happening to the church now that there are some, some squeezes on that, that authorities are making it harder for funds to get through? That's uh, really challenging because in India, we have the Foreign Contribution Regulation Act and we have to go through the process of renewing every five years. And if it is not uh, renewed, the organizations or the churches who are totally depending upon the foreign funds will have the challenges. So there is an awakening that to generate more support system for their sustainability within India itself. So it's going to be a big challenge in the days to come. And of course, the church is as we've seen down through church history, adaptable when it comes to the change, adaptable when it comes to levels of persecution, adaptable when it comes to regulations that try to restrict the church. Do you think there are those within the church in India who are who are finding ways to get around the challenging situation and seeing the blessing of God continue just as they've had to be a little more clever with the way they do things? Yeah, see... Uh, if you really wanted to see the Indian churches, if they are able to teach in a systematic manner, I feel that uh, it is quite sufficient to take care of the ongoing uh, ministries. But at the same time, if they wanted to do something extra in a very vigorous manner, uh, probably that is going to be a challenge. See, one of the things I personally believe, we all believe in the universal church where we need to partner with each other share our resources so that the ultimate thing is God's kingdom can be extended. So when this is uh, coming to a kind of a challenge, it may be a kind of a struggle to take certain things, move forward in terms of the huge investment for some structures or the organizational programs. Raja, when we talk about increased persecution, a crackdown on all of those religions other than Hinduism. Is this happening in some geographical locations like the north of India worse than the south? As I understand it, uh, the crackdown or the persecution is happening uh, worse in the north than the south. Is that, uh, how do you describe, is there geographical locations that are some affected more than others? Uh, these days we cannot differentiate because it is happening in all the places, especially the down south of uh, India, a district called Kanyakumari, where the Christian population is more, more than 50%, and there it's challenging even to build a church. And uh, those are the things which are coming up. So uh, it is happening in all the places. The mobilization has taken so systematically by the uh, antisocial friends, so we have to uh, expect in all the places. Just quickly, as I understand it, and uh, some statistics I picked up, uh, and these go back even two or three years, but uh, churches are being burnt down, uh, clerics have been beaten, and uh, one statistic I saw on average 10 times a week in India. Uh, this sort of crackdown, is it physical as, as I'm describing, as these statistics show? Uh, physically, it is happening. Uh, everywhere it is. 
so really it is not every day we could see something is happening here or there uh, so physically it is happening and give us a little impression of how the mission is growing the of course you're leading the indian evangelical mission from india uh, what sort of growth have you seen of recent times see one of the things that we could see is people are still quite open for the gospel we are getting a lot of invitation from different places to open the new mission fields uh, in partnership with the churches or even in the virgin new soils so it is a indication that god kept our nation still open for the gospel one of the areas that we could see through the media the gospel have gone to the nook and corner and we are thankful to god for the bible translation and scripture engagement here uh, ministries of different organizations where they are able to translate the bible in the language of the people in fact indian evangelical mission we ourselves are engaged in 59 different languages and this year uh, we already uh, dedicated two new testaments in the tribal language next month in october another two new testament will be over so like that we are able to go into the very remote places and make the gospel available and the initiatives have been taken through different sources so there is lot of opening at the same time the churches have become so mission minded whether it is a independent church or the established churches there is a mission wing in all the churches and they are able to recruit the young people train them send them to the new places so it is growing in all the churches so these are some of the indicators that still the nation is open for the gospel well so many listeners will be encouraged by what they're hearing because uh, you Raja are a courageous man and you're leading a movement which is going into very uncertain times and persecution's not something that we're also familiar with and adapting along the way relying on God because uh, Jesus said I'm building my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and so we're uh, honor to you and there'll be listeners who might like to be your friend your prayer partner your financial supporter and uh, just to say that you do have an operation here in Australia which is raising funds which is enabling the work to continue in India and it is the friends of the Indian Evangelical Mission from India so the friends of the evangelical mission in India it's f i e m a .com .au f i e m a .com .au to connect with the Reverend Dr Raja Singh Elias Uh, Raja thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much brother Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.